You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. Welcome back to Hot Tea Hot Takes, where the tea is hot. And the takes are hotter. I'm Erin. And I'm Evangeline. And today we are going to be talking about something that at this point is kind of already dated, but whatever. We're going to be talking about Super Bowls and uh, some of the best and the worst of them. Yeah, well, we're talking about the halftime show. Yeah, the halftime show. Yeah, yeah, I should probably specify the halftime show. We're not going to talk about football. This is now a sports podcast. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for coming. Please don't turn off your podcast (laughs) listening device. I know that maybe some of our audience might not be the biggest sports fans and some of them may be sports fans. Are you a sports fan um like a mild sports fan you know i mean i'll watch i do watch the super bowl i'll watch occasional like that was it good it was no actually this year was terrible because the freaking like it. it was just like it was a massacre the the team that i was going for was uh, uh kansas city uh, and they didn't even they didn't even make a single touchdown they made three field goals yeah. and that was it. it was rough <laughs> i saw the final score and i was like dang that yeah. was a l- interesting I hate tom brady and i'm so tired of him and i just was it he wasn't, there yeah, he was like the quarterback for the Buccaneers, right? Buccaneers, yeah. yeah really? Yeah. I thought he played for the Patriots. He did until he switched <gasps> to the Buccaneers this year. Oh my gosh, I had literally no idea. I've been yeah. a little bit distracted by, by other <laughs> things, but um, dang, that's crazy. Yeah, I know. It, it almost is kind of sad when a football game is that much of a runaway because I'd rather it be a good, you know, fight. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to at least be a good fight. I mean, I think yeah. Tom Brady would win ultimately because he freaking wins. Like, this is his twenty. I think his 20th, well, it's his 10th Super Bowl, 7th Super Bowl win, and he's played 20 seasons or more. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. He is a controversial figure in some ways, but I do think that he has made a legacy for himself, obviously. Um, Yeah, I, I would not call myself a sports fan necessarily. I like some sports. I really like going to live sports you know if i get to baseball and stuff like that yeah a lot of sports course, are where it's at. yeah haven't done that in a while but um we go there for the baseball the food the camaraderie i mean even we're there a couple of the yeah. games that i sang the national anthem for yes aaron sang the national anthem for the gaston grizzlies it was really 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 good um and then the mascot did the worm so best day of my life yeah, really, <laughs> really it's a real, real winner um but i have been to many super bowl parties in the past pre-COVID days because of food and friendship and uh, the halftime show and the commercials. Yes, um, and the commercials. Which I don't even know if they were good this year or not. Um, I heard a lot of people talking about... okay. I mean, some of them, like, okay. So one of the things that a lot of the commercials did, which uh, I expected them to do, but it still made me roll my eyes, was they really leaned into the COVID, uh, thing. A COVID or Black Lives Matter or both. Oh, like they did cool. a lot of that, like a lot of like milking that for profit. So it was like, this has been a hard, like there was one with Bruce Springsteen, I think. Yeah. And it was really just a bummer. It was like, it's like, this is the chapel at the center of America. And even though America is divided and hurt, it was just like a very depressing <laughs> commercial. Well, and there was one, the one that really kind of pissed me off though was the NFL did this one, they did this Black Lives Matter commercial where they were like, Oh, the like, NFL? Yeah, the, the audacity. NFL, yeah, yeah, the NFL, the same NFL that How blacklisted Colin Kaepernick. I'm like, get out of here with that noise. Oh, they changed, they changed their position real quick. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just feel like every commercial, like it's bingo at this point. They have to say it's been a tough year for all of us mm-hmm. or think the Super Bowl looks a little different this year. Like, I mean, you know, everybody feels it like they have to address it. Time. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's just, at this point, it is unbearable. I'm like, please stop. I don't want any more corporate speak about the pandemic. Um, anyway, but uh, the halftime shows in the past, I think, um, have gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. I did a little bit of research. Um, and the the way that it has graduated from kind of a just thing to inter- like entertain the audience 
to mm-hmm. the biggest spectacle you've ever seen with fireworks and all this random you know th- they're trying to one-up themselves every year like it has really gotten and that's been in the past you know 20-ish years um maybe even 15 years well no it's 2021 probably 20 years because i'm thinking about the ones in the 90s which i really learned about today uh doing research uh that were you know they were starting to get really big names they were starting to do bigger stuff um but some of them were just like kind of random themed um ones which i had no idea they even did like they they did a whole ice skating themed halftime show where they had like dorothy hamill out there on an ice skating rink doing it it was like the olympics (laughs) and she did an ice skating routine and i'm like i never even knew this happened um but obviously now they feel like they really have to do something new and bigger and different every time um who performed this year uh it was uh, the weekend oh the weekend yes 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 oh yeah i've seen um him running around in a maze um with his face very close to the camera and then i saw his of course his performance out on the field 50 billion backup dancers in the matching little pants the matching (laughs) pantsuits yeah yeah honestly the weekend actually is great Um, i I do really like him um but let's talk first about some of the worst halftime shows that we uh, would consider to be uh on this list of uh halftime shows that have happened in the past uh over the past, how many? 51? 52? Uh, yeah, I think we're at 52. Uh, something, like 50 that. something like that. <laughs> 50 something. Something like that. Um, a lot of people say that one of the worst and the best was Katy Perry with the left shark. Only because <laughs> I, I actually that. think it was one of the best. <laughs> she was great. I rewatched it. I was like, she came in on a 20 foot tall mechanical lion, which I'm like, holy crap. It's like, that's like a spectacle. Amazing. It's all about the spectacle. It is, but I mean, then the left shark was very memed. If you missed this, I don't know how you did, but like, she danced to Teenage Dream, I think, and <laughs> the left shark did not get it. the memo on the, <laughs> the court. I don't blame him. He was performing at the Super Bowl. He was wearing a shark costume. Couldn't really dance very well. I kind of felt for him. <laughs> at least his um, face was covered. We won't ever know. know who left shark. Nobody knows who it was. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, and then, like, they did Black Eyed Peas performed one year, oh, and man. some people say it was great, but then, um, Slash came up and they did Sweet Child of Mine, and when you, I, like, Google it just because Fergie's voice on that song is so weird. She, I wish she had just sung, like, her normal self, but I think she was trying to be, like, big, like, hair metal. Every time that she tries to do so something like, weird with her voice, it's a disaster. You remember that time she did the National Anthem and everybody, yes. like, freaking died laughing? It was, like, the worst thing ever. She always tries to do these weird experimental something things. Something new and, and like different. I'm like, this is the Super Bowl. <laughs> just do, like, the normal, like, your normal voice. Sing well. I mean, some people were saying, like, Black Eyed Peas were a little bit overwhelmed by the size of that venue. Yeah, like, that pl- platform. I understand, 100%. I mean, of course, they were huge at the time that they did that, but at the same time, like, I can't blame anybody for being kind of overwhelmed by the pressure and the size of that venue. Um, but yeah, that was a weird one. And then, like, not even that long ago, like, Maroon 5. Oh, I was just about I, to say Maroon 5. What, what, we, what do we think about Maroon 5? Wasn't that the one where they did the SpongeBob thing? Yeah, okay. they did the SpongeBob and intro. Scott was there, too. And Big Boy. Yeah. Um, I rewatched it because I remember watching it with my boss, which was a weird thing. She was like looking at it and I was like, oh, and she was like, who's Travis Scott? And I was like, oh, Lord. Uh, uh, well, uh, he's a bigger ever. <laughs> um, anyway, but yeah, I don't know. Adam Levine, like in that 
performance was weirdly more subdued than I would have expected him to be. Like, he did take his shirt off, of course. Yes, he did. But the thing that pissed me off about that performance, like that actually pops to mind as one of the worst ones because, well, first of all, I hate Maroon 5 now. I used to like them. We've had this discussion before. They were my favorite band in high school. They had sold out. Um, and so it was it was the soulless performance from Adam Levine, which is what I expected. But then, so Travis Scott was there and Big Boy. Big Boy barely did anything. Travis Scott did a few things, but Travis Scott sounded awful. Like he did, he did. He didn't sick sound like mode, himself, and he was completely out of breath the entire. Time. I was like, made this here with all the ice on him, the booth, <laughs> and I was like, happening. Like this does not sound good. And then they said they were gonna do this tribute to uh, to SpongeBob, which is a big deal because Steven Hillenburg, the creator yeah. of SpongeBob, had died that year, and they it was like it lasted about five seconds, and then here comes Travis Scott huffing and puffing. And oh I was yeah, like, what yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't like that big. It was really just the the beginning of their like sweet victory. Yeah, like, exactly. Which is an iconic moment in SpongeBob. It's like right. one of the greatest from the, one of the greatest episodes. Band geeks. One of the most freaking hilarious yeah. episodes of SpongeBob to this day. I can quote so much of that episode. Yeah, is mayonnaise an instrument? Is mayonnaise an instrument? <laughs> I wish they had done more of that, but like, I don't know. It was kind of weird because like at the time, of course, Sicko Mode was like enormous. Yes. So to have him being kind of like a supporting act for Maroon 5 felt a little weird. Mm. But I guess Maroon 5 had been around longer. Also, I just Atlanta, wish wasn't it? What? Atlanta? Well, yeah. There yeah. so many Atlanta area rappers that you yeah. I mean, Migos was big at that time. You got Childish Gambino. Like, come on. You could have done better than Travis Scott. I mean, I think they were Fox. trying to, like, capitalize on Sicko Mode and Astral World and all that stuff. Um, but another thing that I didn't realize, and I was watching something about this today, was that it was pretty recently after the Colin Kaepernick controversy and a lot of people had declined yeah, to perform. Yeah, they pulled out because of that. So yeah. Maroon 5 was like, we'll do it. Uh, we'll perform, which <laughs> I'm a little bit now like, Travis, like, come on, man. Yeah. Like, I guess if you, he wasn't trying to make a stand necessarily. Yeah. I don't, I guess, I don't know. You get offered the Super Bowl. You, it's a big decision to make, yeah. right? But and then that, that wasn't that re- was that what that was referenced in Ape Shit uh, by Beyonce and Jay Z? Oh, maybe. Was like, I said no to the Super Bowl. You need me. I don't need you. That was the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, <laughs> actually, probably. Yeah. They may have asked. I mean, can they you did ask uh, Jay Z and Jay-Z? Beyonce at one point. Well, Beyonce did do it at one point, but I think they asked Jay Z and he had turned them down. And no, I, think I don't think he's ever has he ever I don't done think the he's Super ever Bowl. Done it. Yeah, I think they asked him and he said no, and that was his whole thing. Like, I don't have to do it. She's not the No. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, Maroon 5, like, not a bad band, but, like, just um, not the kind of energy that I would have expected from them, and I don't know, like, uh, a weird combination. And honestly, the Super Bowl halftime show has a huge history of combining weird acts together. Like, for instance, um, one year there was NSYNC, Aerosmith, Mary J. Blige, Britney Spears, and Nelly on the same stage, which I'm like, interesting, okay, with an intro by um, Adam Sandler. So, like, you know, they were just, and Ben Stiller, um, they were just kind of like, they picked some names out of a hat, and they're like, please make it work. Um, And then, of course, there was one where they had, um, 1999, there was Stevie Wonder, Gloria Estefan and Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. So they had Soul Salsa and Swing. It's hey. the most 90s thing I've ever yeah, heard. Aggressively 90s. Apparently it was great though. They said everybody had a great time. And then in 2000, there was one called the Disney Tapestry of Nations, which had a full orchestra and an 80 person choir. Phil Collins, Christina Aguilera, Tony Braxton, like Mickey was there. Like it was so Disney. It felt like a huge sellout. I'm glad we kind of yeah. moved away from that. But um, it was 2000, so everybody was like talking about the world and millennium and all that. 
Um, but there was one in 1998 called Tribute to Motown, which had Boyz II Men and Smokey Robinson and the Temptations. And I watched a little bit of that. Oh, I think I do. What, what year was that? 98. Okay. Maybe I don't remember that. Well, but maybe I do. I don't it was actually great. Like, I really, I watched part of it. It was really good. Um, but anyway, those are, those are some of the good ones. But going back, I mean, in 1989, there was one. This was, like, when they were, like, really starting off, like, thinking about having big names at this at the halftime show. So, in 1989, they just had an Elvis impersonator who did magic tricks. I, I was just about to say, oh, this was thing on Rolling Stone talking about how they used to have a whole bunch of college marching bands, Elvis impersonators, Carol Channing, George Burns, The Rockets. Hey, I would rather have Carol Channing than an Elvis impersonator. They, they, he basically made the audience pick a card through applause, like, at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I was like, okay. It's just so hard to imagine now because now everyone knows that like the Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show yeah. is like this big concert. And imagine like freaking if the weekend was just an Elvis impersonator. And he's like, like hey, and now pick a card. Elvis, a card. sort of. <laughs> Not really. Oh my god. It's very weird because that doesn't. I know 1989 was a while ago at this point, but like it doesn't feel like that long ago. And to have that happen was very funny. And then like also in the 90s they had like one that was completely dedicated to Indiana Jones, but Harrison Ford wasn't yes. there. <laughs> So it was an impersonator doing Indiana Jones for a Disney ride that they were, like, opening, but there was not, like, a performance. It was just them pretending to be Indiana Jones. And then there was another Disney one where they had little kids dressed as cheerleaders and football players, and there was, like, a bunch of mascots there. It was, like, so bad. Um, so I don't know. Like, I'm glad that – I'm honestly glad that they moved away from that because, yeah. like, that's really awkward. <laughs> I don't want to watch that. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, a lot of people – say that the worst was of course justin timberlake janet jackson although some people were also saying like jt and the prince projection when they did the the sheet with the projection of prince and then people were like it's not a hologram and they were like uh prince specifically said that he did not want to be kind of like brought back to life quote unquote in a performance like he said he didn't like that yeah and then they were like, it's not a hologram. He's just projected on a sheet, and it's like he's performing. And I'm like, it's the same it's thing. It's the same concept. It's weird. the same concept. They, they like, I, I think he was, like, specifically against the idea of having a performer perform after their death uh-huh. in that way because it is not with their consent. Yeah. And then they obviously did that, and I'm a little bit like, oh, Side Justin. on the hologram thing, did you see um, that, like, hologram thing that uh, Kanye made for Kim's birthday? No. Did you see that? Oh my gosh. Uh, we had to, what? to see that at some point. Yeah, okay. So he ordered like some kind of hologram or like digital uh, projection of his, of Rob Kardashian or whatever. I think it's Rob Kardashian, her father. Um, <gasps> I see it now. It was the creepiest freaking thing I've ever seen in my life. Kim Kardashian's father appears in hologram yeah, for birthday presents. Like, this is horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like saying new thing like he, he scripted oh, like no. a voice code or thing to like imitate his voice and like speak new it was creepy if, if, if a significant other of mine if my husband someday were to uh, create a hologram of a dead relative to speak to me and something they had never said I would be like number one I'm calling the police <laughs> number two <laughs> I mean obviously this is like interesting technology i didn't know we could do holograms like this so it was it's very new it was so it was just so unsettling like his eyes never move and his oh mouth. It, it looks like it, it really looks like um uh the uh polar express yeah me. it looks like a, it's a terribly uncanny valley deep yeah. in the uncanny valley it looks like some kind of it's a deep fake yeah, come to exactly, life it's a deep fake. that's exactly what it is and it's just so <laughs> 
Holy Apparently moly. she liked it, so I guess that's what matters. But I was just like, gosh, if you do that for me, I'd be like, okay, uh, I gotta go. I gotta go. It's just, I guess it's a little weird too, because like, I guess maybe they talked to family members and were like, do you think he would have said this? Yeah. Because like, otherwise it's weird to be putting words in his mouth, but it was just like, I'm proud of you, Kim, or something like that. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. So this is the headline. Kanye West gives Kim Kardashian a creepy hologram of her dead father, Robert, that tells her, look at you, you're all grown up and calls Kanye the most genius man in the whole world for her 40th birthday. Can you imagine you're, you're Kanye and you're like, I think I want to throw in something for me. Just a little spice yeah. and i'm gonna make her dead father to call me a genius i can imagine like, okay. i can certainly imagine Kanye west doing that yes I have yeah no absolutely whatsoever absolutely. but like it's so funny that he was like i think i need something for me to just boost my ego oh my bit. gosh and it was right before they got divorced too so it was, or so they announced their divorce oh, that's a whole mess but like yeah and when we're speaking of the deep fake thing i think that there was another kerfuffle a couple years ago with like james dean where they were wanting to make, yes. they were casting James Dean in a new role in a new movie, and they were yeah. like, "Yeah, no. well, he, James Dean is the perfect man for this role, so we're gonna bring him back to life with." But he has died. I'm like, that is not only creepy, but it brings up some serious ethical issues. Ethical problems. <laughs> I agree. I I think like okay, so it's a little weird, but I think like you know, finishing a movie with somebody who who recently who like what they did with passed, Leia and, you know, Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, they had already agreed to be in that movie. They were they were planning to finish it. Maybe they suddenly died, but casting a dead actor in a new movie yeah, like so he so yeah many, ethically questionable. Ethically questionable. I don't it's love creepy. it. Creepy. I can't like just. I, there's so many problems I have with that on a like physical, moral, ethical level. <laughs> yeah, and and plus like it's never gonna look real. No. It's never gonna look perfect because they're not a normal person if we get to the point where it looks perfect i'm gonna yeet out of here to mars <laughs> goodbye <laughs> we're over it. because yeah. i don't want to be tricked into thinking that somebody is alive when they're dead no. that's okay. wild these things are getting so creepy like i don't know if you've seen like the, yes. like the, some of the recordings of like the the uh, robots like sophia and some of the high yes. robots they showed this one clip i don't know did, oh you saw curtis connor did you see the ai yes video? yes yeah. so that one where it was like the robot was like i if i could hack into the mainframe of the u.s's nuclear database I could take over the nuclear weapons yeah. and take over the world. I'm like, destroy that thing. What the destroy. hell? <laughs> Throw a brick at it. Throw a brick at that robot. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, um, yeah, we're tampering with some wild stuff there. But also just like, I mean, I've seen videos that people have made where they imposed like somebody's face on somebody else's mm -hmm. face which were nearly unrecognizable. Yes. And I'm like, this is why America has such a problem with information. I mean, with porn, too. With missing Really? Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's been a big issue, deep fake porn. You put your, like, oh. ex's face on, like, a pornographic oh. video. Like, yeah, it's, it's really, really, yeah, really, actually, really Yeah, actually, I'm not bad. surprised that they can do that, but that's still just awful because it's, like, that's why we have such a huge problem with misinformation. Yes. People are making this stuff, and people believe it because it looks so yeah, real. Deep fakes creep me out. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next, you know, 20 years, we they might have to start thinking about where the line is with that. I you mean, I start don't know. thinking about it now. <laughs> I mean, they should. But like, I'm, I know that right now people are like, oh, free speech, free speech. I can do whatever yeah. I want. But like, I think at a certain point, we're going to have to decide when it crosses the line for like dead people, libel, misinformation, mm -hmm. like all that stuff. Making because a video of you committing a crime you didn't commit or something yeah. like that. <laughs> or porn or something yeah. like that. It's horrifying. <laughs> Yikes. Anyway, I don't want to make any en enemies with people who know who, how to make <laughs> deepfakes because I don't know. If you see us in any deepfake videos, don't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I never did it. Whatever it was, I didn't do it. Anyway, um, let's move on to, well, let's talk yeah, a little bit about, okay, about, Janet about the Janet Jackson. Jackson thing because, yeah, ooh, you want to get heated? 
Let's talk about Janet Jackson. It was awful. So this happened in 2004 for the younger audience uh, who wasn't even born or was a speck twinkle in their mom, mom's eye at the time. 2004. 16 years ago? 17 years ago? Uh, yeah. yeah. I can math. <laughs> it was late. 17, 17 years ago. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Uh, anyway. Math in real yeah, time in my in brain. Real time. Anyway. So <laughs> my boyfriend does the math on me. Anyway. Uh, so 17 years ago. Um, and which is crazy because I remember it so well, which means I'm getting old. But, <laughs> um, but basically, Janet Jackson, Tim, and Justin Timberlake were doing that one song. What was it? Uh, is this what talk to me? What was the song? What is that song called? I don't know, but yes, yeah, and then so the song ends with the line "Gonna have you naked by the end of this song," and so apparently what the plan was, I forgot, because it was staged to to a to a degree. Apparently, what the original plan was is that there was a tearaway section of her shirt, and he was supposed to take take it and rip it off, and then there would be like a pasty under it or whatever. Oh, like like under shirt, like it wasn't supposed. The whole shirt wasn't supposed to come off; it was just part of it. And it was just theatrics, whatever. She had agreed to that whole situation. Right. Well, when it, it happened, he ripped like a little too much and ended up pulling like I think he either pulled the pasty or everything for the pasty to the point where like it was nipple slip or maybe it was the pasty. I can't quite remember, but basically, I think it was yeah, nipple slip just because yeah. I saw them like completely yeah, they blurring blurred. it. Basically, too much of of the shirt came off more than it was intended. And Janet was like visibly mortified to the point I don't think she could have been acting. Yeah. Um, and it was a whole debacle. And the, the worst thing about it was like after it, Janet got like all of the blame for it, which baffles me to this day. I'm not sure why, because the whole thing was organized by the people who organized the show, the people who choreographed it, Justin and Janet agreed to it. So I do not know why everybody vilified Janet as though she ripped her own shirt off and flashed her. She didn't do it on purpose. It was so like she was she was essentially blacklisted from the Super Bowl. Like was because not invited back. Justin Bieber like was invited back. Uh, her sales, like she was, uh, she was dropped from MTV, VH1, all of those labels. Which at the time, again, for those young, for yeah. young kids, you might be thinking, what the hell is MTV? But at the time, if you were cut off of MTV and, and uh, VH1, that is that's your career. Yeah, YouTube wasn't a thing. Like that was how you made your money was making videos. But on the top and selling CDs, yeah, and selling CDs. That's how people made their money. So basically, she was cut off of all of the forms that she could have made her career happen. So her career basically got tanked and Justin's excelled but also on the subject of YouTube do you know why YouTube exists there is uh, a direct line between that incident and YouTube oh really because yes. people want to watch because it. the creator of YouTube was upset Rip. that it, it was very hard for him to find a video of Janet Jackson's boob so he decided <gasps> that he wanted to create a Ew. video sharing website and he created YouTube for the Ew. express purpose of it being easier to find things like Janet Jackson nip slips. Well, it is now. <laughs> I mean, I haven't looked for it myself, but I assume it's because on there. The fact that YouTube, one of the most Brody. prolific video sharing sites in the world, exists because a man was gross makes me very upset. Oh, well, you know why Facebook <laughs> exists. You know, we all know. It was just a place to rate women or like whatever. Yeah, like, all of these popular apps just boil down to It goes to show if a man is horny enough, he will create anything <laughs> out of out all of All of Earth's innovations come Ex from the Nilo. horniness of man. Yeah. Well, honestly, I feel terrible for her because I saw, like, basically they replayed it mm -hmm. over and over. They had her on talk shows and they would replay it. And I'm like, why exactly. would you it's make her relive it? They literally just drug her name through the mud. I mean, it was never the same for her. Like after that, yeah. that used to be a huge star. And they'll sit there, they'll sit there and they're like, was it embarrassing? And she was like, yes. <laughs> 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 what do you want me to say? <laughs> it was, 
It was terrible. It was awful. And like oh the fact that like her like it, she was just crucified by the media. It was insane. I got in, I got in. It was it's bl- it's victim blaming at oh its yeah. worst. It's very similar to things that happened with Britney Spears, where it was it was like she was pushed to a mental breakdown, mm-hmm. and people were like, "She's crazy! Wow, look at her!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, but th- but nobody talks about what pushed her to go. I mean, I I didn't realize until more thing yeah. all the, the crap that Britney Spears has had to go through the conservatorship, and like I mean, she's gone through she's gone through absolute hell, and the fact yeah. that like. Um, that her parents just yeah. treat, literally treated her like she was a cash cow from the yeah. time she was a little girl. They essentially like damaged her voice because they wanted to, her to seem like a baby. I think it was Max Martin or somebody, one of the producers, told a story <gasps> oh, about how he used to sneak her awful. burgers because they wouldn't let her eat. Like they wouldn't let her eat on set and her stomach would be vis- like audibly growling on set and yeah, he would sneak her abuse. sandwiches because she was that yeah. hungry. I'm just like, and she was like, we're talking she was 15, 16. Yeah, and she was like, come on, like this girl's been through hell. Because of her father and like, there's just so much that the media put her through because they treated her like she was some sort of crazy psycho for reacting to the pressure she was under, um, which is so sad. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, and the thing is, she's the more you really find sweet. out about Britney, like on a she's personal funny. Level, you know, she's such a sweet person. And she's such a good mom. Like I remember this like video that was going around recently, where like it was an interview thing, and she was with her two sons, and one of them wanted to be in the video, and one of them really didn't. And she like stopped before yeah. she even answered any questions. At the interview, she knelt down. And she's like, "Do you want to stay? Or you want to go?" And one of them said, "I want to stay." And one of them said, "I want to yeah, go." Yeah, like, that's go awesome. Stand over there until we're done. Like she didn't push the kid into being on the camera if he, if he didn't want yeah. to. Yeah. It was just so. I mean, because she understood oh, exactly what it gosh. means to be forced yeah, to be in front and, of the camera. I mean, we don't want to be. <laughs> I think she's like she's a lot more compassionate of a person than she would have to be for be going through what she did. She she seems to be a very compassionate person. But I mean, yeah, I I I, I respect her a lot, honestly, and I'm so sorry that so much has happened to her throughout her life. Yeah. And back to the bouncing back to the Janet Jackson thing for a second. Like, I think Massage Noir played a, a, a hefty oh, yeah. role in how things happen with her as well because being a black woman like that didn't help and like i recently got into it that's what i was thinking i got into it it's a couple months now but uh, over that situation oh the worst no offense to you if you are a taylor swift fan but they are (laughs) the the biggest (laughs) fans are so mean yeah they're so freaking Uh, let me tell you i run a largely political like uh you know tiktok account when but the one of the only times that someone went from my tiktok account to my instagram explicitly to harass me was not when i talked about politics mm-hmm. not when i talked about white race. supremacists no clan members no racists no confederates did that it was you know white no white supremacists went to that much trouble to send me a hate okay. message but a taylor swift fan did taylor swift and, and justin like, bieber what is happening <laughs> i know you taylor swift and justin bieber yes they it was terrifying it was, real, it was interesting yeah but i don't um, know people do not know where our line is there is no line but, for them but like on that on that note, I, they were getting into it because they're like, no one has gone through as much as Taylor has from the media. I'm like, bitch, please. Like, okay, Taylor has gone through some stuff, sure, but like, so many every black female artist in the freaking world has gone through worse than Taylor Swift has. Like, Beyonce has gone through worse. Like, Nikki has gone all of the black female artists, but especially Janet Jackson. If you want to talk about being like canceled, because people were comparing like the reputation thing, like, oh, Taylor was canceled after the Kanye thing, and she was not canceled. Like, yeah, some people thought she was bad, but some people thought that anyway and like you know she bounced back from that perfectly fine reputation sold fine she's released like six albums since then have done fine she's done fine you want to talk about being canceled talk about janet jackson like give, give me a break 
Oh, yeah. I mean, Taylor Swift has continued to have a successful career. If you looked at what she's done recently, like, she's continuing to release her stuff and make money. I mean, like, yeah, sure, she had that whole thing where, like, she doesn't own her own album. She's having to re-record mm-hmm. because of the, you know, the label. Like, there are a lot of issues with the way women are treated. Oh, yeah, definitely. But, like, if you want to, I don't know, like, there is that such a nasty kind of uh, view of black women you can't there's no they don't get an inch of room like mm-hmm. either you are too sexual you're not sexual enough you know like uh, somebody like Whitney Houston and the way that she was treated mm-hmm. by the media like there's so much like pressure and then you know even when Janet Jackson had something happen to her yeah that was not her fault they she treated was turned her like into the, the criminal villain. yeah um it is yeah it is not it's not comparable and, and yeah i can't imagine the how mortifying it was <laughs> to do the press circuit after that happened um but anyway uh, speaking of another amazing black female artist diana ross did the halftime show Ooh, and her. she did uh leave in a helicopter so that was pretty great i enjoyed <laughs> that a lot <laughs> what about the lady gaga one lady gaga was great um that was another big spectacle one. I think she did a great job, honestly. They Lady had the Gaga's whole, the queen of spectacle. <laughs> yeah, drones making the American flag. <laughs> um, honestly, I think 2019's was, or I'm sorry, 2020, um, before the world went to hell. Like, <laughs> I w- rewatched it because I didn't watch that Super Bowl. Booty Gate. <laughs> Booty Gate, yeah. But honestly, Shakira's such a great performer. She, oh, she is. is. really, really, she, she's so charismatic. She's so sweet, like um you know she was doing like rope tricks like it was a little sexual but like <laughs> i'm just remembering i'm just remembering like the backlash quote unquote that yeah. happened at it. like so many people were so pressed about the booty shaking and i'm just like are you like 85 years old like this is freaking 2020 i mean this is not even the most sexual thing i've ever seen on tv like get no. over it <laughs> people were making such a big deal out of it like i want my children to see jennifer stripping. Ass. i'm like okay what <laughs> yeah it just feels it pales so much now after the year that happened after exactly. that that I'm kind of like this is not that bad. I know I, several at several points during 2020 I'm like man I remember when like that was <laughs> the biggest J-Lo's deal. But was the biggest scandal of 2020. And Bad Bunny was there and he sang with Shakira. I'm like hey this is actually pretty great. Um, there was one with Madonna, LMFAO, MIA or me MIA. That's I think it's name? MIA. MIA and CeeLo Green, which I do remember that one. I don't remember why I watched it, but I do remember it. Um, that was fine. MIA flipped off the camera. That was a big deal. <laughs> Whatever. Um, and then, of course, the Beyonce, Bruno Mars, and Coldplay. Absolutely. I personally, like, okay, so there's some older ones that people say are the best ever. I, I'm not going to disagree because we're going to talk about Michael Jackson and Prince and stuff. But for the newer era, the one where she does the formation so good she's she is never she does not like miss she never misses can we talk about how coldplay was supposed to be the headliner of that halftime show i forgot he how was are you going to put coldplay as a headliner in front of beyonce and bruno, and bruno mars? mars they freaking steamrolled all over them. yes considering bruno mars was like in the whole he won a grammy yeah. era. um and honestly then there was also one where beyonce did it alone i think this was a different year but when Destiny's Child came up out yeah. of the stage, oh, yeah, incredible. Yeah. She does not miss. I mean, like, she she is really the queen of um, that kind of, uh, vol- like, size of a performance. She she knows how to handle that pressure. And she's so, like, I don't know. She's, she's, she's so consistent. It's incredible. Um, there was a year that the Rolling Stones did it. That was good. 
uh, Paul McCartney did it. He oh, was yeah. great. That was the year after Janet Jackson, and they were trying to do something a little safer. <laughs> I might get canceled for saying this. Uh-oh. But, um, hot take, hot take. Yeah, hot take. Here's the hot tea and the hot take. Uh, but, uh, does Paul McCartney kind of suck in terms of singing? Because, like, the last couple times I've heard him, uh-huh. I, there's. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason I say this is because recently, like, I was showing a Beatles song as an example of something in my music class, and there's this unskippable ad that came before trying yeah. to advertise Paul McCartney's new album. And I was sitting there thinking, this man cannot sing. Is it, has it always been is like it this? Newer? <laughs> is it newer? Okay, listen. I personally like his voice in the Beatles. Yeah, I mean, I did and too. I like some of his wing stuff, but um, more recently, I'm like, what is happening? Like, I'm pretty sure Paul McCartney could sing at some point in time. He could, yes, he could. But currently, do I listen to his current music? No, not so Lord much. Lord have mercy. I'm like, it might be time to hang it up, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of guys that age. I don't know how old he is. But. Like all of the Rolling Stones, but they're still touring, right? Or like yeah, Steven well. Tyler, he's like, oh yeah, he's like in his seventies. I'm just like, oh, okay. A human voice cannot cannot handle it for that long. Anyway, yeah, that was. Uh, I don't think you're wrong at all. I don't think you're wrong at all. I think he had real highs, and I think he is an older man. Like, like I mean, there's nothing to sneeze at. I mean, he's had one of the longest and most prolific music careers in yeah. history. Like, there's nothing to sneeze at, Paul. But it might be time to just pass. Not the, everybody can be Tony Bennett, yeah, who no, continues exactly. to sound really good for and some reason. And the reason Tony Bennett sounds like that is because he sounds like an old man and like from an old era. He's like, like yeah, Frank Sinatra he can era, prune so, like, still. Prune. It's like okay. yeah. Speaking of Frank Sinatra, this is completely unrelated. But yesterday, my boyfriend took me to an Italian restaurant for Valentine's Day, and it was a very Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. and to the point that there was a weird shrine to Frank Sinatra on one of the cool. walls with lava lamps. It was just a big picture of Frank oh Sinatra and then lava lamps at the bottom. I was like, what is this? Wow, wow. Did you say a few <laughs> prayers? Like, uh, to no, <laughs> Father Frank Sinatra. Like, what, oh, what am I meant to do to this shrine? Is he a saint? Like, what's happening here? That's there was so also funny. a giant, speaking of saints, there was a giant picture of the Pope. Like, it was a bust of the Pope in the middle of, like, this rotating table. And one of the, <laughs> it was very, very Italian. Wow. A, a cultural experience. A cultural experience. I'm not sure if I'm supposed that to. That is so funny. Oh, my gosh. The lava lamp Frank Sinatra shot. Would Frank Sinatra have performed at the halftime show if he were alive? Uh, probably. He liked attention there. I, I'm not sure that his music was, like, that. I don't know. Well, that's Life is a Pretty Banging Song. A poet upon and a king. I've been up and down and yeah. over and out, but I know one thing. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a pretty banging song. Or my way. Yeah. <laughs> the stuff he did in Vegas, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I think like you gotta have a certain like size of songs. Like Bruce Springsteen performed. Um, you know, we've talked about Bruce Springsteen before. Um, they did. And then there was one where it was Bruno Mars and also the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is like. I was going to mention this in my worst, too, because I don't mind the Red Hot Chili Peppers. If you're from California, I think you understand their music better than I do. Bruno Mars actually kind of slayed. He played the drums really well, but then people were like realizing that the Red Hot Chili Peppers, all their instruments weren't connected, and they were like, hey, were you faking it? <laughs> um, and then they did come out later and, and admitted that the vocalist was singing the live. The Millie moment. Not. <laughs> they did it. When you watch it back, you're like, none of this is plugged in. Like, what the heck? Like, how dumb do you think we are? They were like, the NFL pressured us into not connecting our instruments and doing it pre-recording. And I'm like, oh, okay. boy. My brain connects to all these weird things. So I just said the Millie Vanilli moment, which 
it makes me think of you know, do you remember like uh when my little pony was big like again yeah. my little pony features magic there's an episode where like it features a pony lip syncing for another pony whatever and it was called billy vanilli and i'm like that is a reference that none of the six-year-old target audience of this show would ever get in a million What's years people my age would barely get that reference do you get that reference no okay so you don't even know what i'm talking about <laughs> i don't what is that okay. <laughs> so do you know what billy vanilli is like at all no. Okay, so Millie Vanilli, they were a band. I'm gonna, I'm gonna just look at the Wikipedia clips so I can tell you. Okay, they were an R&B duo. Um, I believe, yeah, they were German-French, uh, but they were like two black dudes from like the German-French R&B duo from Munich. And they are infamous because, let's see, what year was it? It was, um, now I gotta look this up because you have to understand. Okay. I feel like I'm missing that, yeah, some cultural moment. Yeah, you really are. You really, really are. Okay, so 1989, I believe, during a live performance at MTV on the late comp compounds theme park bristol connecticut as they performed a hard drive issue caused the recording of girl you know it's true to jump to jam and skip repeatedly playing the partial line girl you know it's girl you know it's girl you know it's through the speakers i knew right then and there it was the beginning of the end for millie vanilli recalled piactus pilatus of the instrument when my voice got stuck in the computer it just kept repeating over and over i I panicked. I didn't know what to do, so I ran oh. off stage. Basically, they were caught lip syncing, and they were told, and like nobody knew that they um, were lip syncing. But I think that they were saying, I think that part of it was because they, they English wasn't their first language or something like that. But they basically didn't sing live, and it was. I mean, at the time, now yeah. nowadays that's nothing. Yeah, no, that's nobody normal. sings live. But at the time, that was hugely controversial. It was hugely controversial. Like Millie Vanilli was just an was a cultural punchline for the next like 10 years like in the 90s I, I'm just a little bit older than you so I think that's, I just got the tail end of it but yeah it was a huge thing but that's even that makes it even funnier that they put that they made a reference to that in my little they're like this is supposed to be for like eight yeah. year olds there, there are 25 year olds who don't know what that means <laughs> that is so interesting because yeah at this point like when I was watching the Shakira one like there's whole sections where her voice continues and she... Yeah, I mean, nowadays... Well, maybe not, but, like, at least, like, with Hips Don't Lie, there were parts... I mean, I just don't think it's that... Everyone... Abnormal. I know she sang live, but I think, like, when they, when you're singing a really, really popular song, like, there's... The audience expects to hear something specific. And so, like, they're going to have a lot of background. Even sometimes I think that they have their own vocal. Oh, yeah. Almost nobody um, sings live. Just nobody everybody lip syncs to yeah. some degree on quote-unquote live performances. And not only that, but just about every single performance, even quote-unquote live performances, are pitch correct. Because now they even have yeah. microphones that can pitch correct in real time. So like, well, she <laughs> jumped into the audience yeah. and did like a you know yeah. a stage Most dive. Most people like, cannot realistically do all those crazy hard. dance routines and sing well at the same time. It's not possible. So yeah, yeah. everybody you've seen, they were lip syncing. Like, <laughs> yeah, now it's not that weird. But anyway, why are we talking about uh, this? I think because we were talking about, talking about Paul McCartney. Yeah, we were talking about lip syncing, and we were talking about how some people had, uh, I think, lip synced at the, um, uh, at the yeah. How we were talking about how somebody lip synced at the show, and then we talk about Millie Vanilli. Yeah, I just, uh, yeah, it's it doesn't feel. Oh right, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes, yeah, but yeah, 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 because they weren't I think playing. The really weirdest thing was that like this has been the ADHD podcast. Yeah, <laughs> they were like rocking out, like you could see their fingers moving and everything, and then people were like, "Hey, your guitar's not plugged in." <laughs> like at a certain point, like I'm like, "You think we're dumb, right? You think we're stupid?" But anyway, yeah, I, I do feel bad that they, they were like, hey, the NFL wanted us to do this. Like, <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway, that was kind of a weird one because it's Bruno Mars and Red Hot Chili Peppers, like, together. It's just a little bit weird, but not the weirdest combination I have, you know, seen, obviously. But, um, and then, like, so, you know, when we get to the very best, like, 
um, Prince and Michael Jackson. Of course. Um, Not the hologram and, and Prince. Really, to be honest, like when you watch those performances, like these are people who do not actually need that much to be amazing. Like they are, um, the, like, like when Michael Jackson comes on the stage, like the, just the pandemonium that caused, like he caused, like he didn't have drones. He didn't have mm-hmm. a 20 foot tall mechanical lion. You've like seen he, the videos where he stepped onto the stage and people were literally fainting. He did like minutes. for 20 straight minutes. He stood on the stage Holy and just crap. existed and people were having heart attacks. <laughs> He, he could control that entire stadium and every person watching just by being there. Like, Prince was the same way. He, th- like, they're both very, like, obviously their their stardom was immensely just blown up. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I think they deserved the praise that they got. But I also think, like, they were at a level that is hard for most human beings to, yeah. to I think deal the with. One, only one in recent memory who's come anywhere close as Beyonce, and even then, yeah. it's a tough sell. <laughs> But, like, they they handled it. I mean, like, they, they both of those men, I think, like, took that show and they made it what they wanted uh-huh. it to be. And I think even Prince, like, wasn't immensely flashy. Like, he had the stage shape, like, his logo, you know, his icon. Um, but he's just a great guitarist, too. So it was, like, really good shows. And they didn't need that much to be great. Um, so, yeah, I would agree. I mean, it's hard to beat both of those guys i think beyonce in a way like especially the one with destiny's child her vocals were so good that it was a little bit similar where it was like oh this person can just control this amount of mm-hmm. fame and and immense like amounts of viewers because of their personal charisma like they've got it yeah. and i feel like she's on that level with these like legends who can handle that kind of thing and still perform beautifully real vocals like real performance dancing like a lot of people crack under that. Oh kind yeah, of pressure. absolutely. I mean, it, it, it not like, it's not something that everyone can do. I mean, you think of like you <laughs> no. know, Black Eyed Peas. Even you know, even though they were yeah. famous in their own right, it's it right. still was a lot for them to be on that kind of stage. I think that it, it was a little bit much for them. Now, what did you think? Did you see the weekend performance? I mean, we kind of touched on it. I've seen clips of it. I haven't yeah. watched the whole thing, but yeah, yeah. I mean, because it was. I mean, it was pretty good. I was, you know, I think the weekends. I liked his energy. Yeah, some he people didn't like it, pop, but I, like, I thought it was good. I mean, it, it was just him. It was, yeah, it was just him, and there was no other like associated acts. There was there was like this choir thing going on. Yeah. Plus, he's doing some kind of weird passion project lately. With because I don't know if okay. you've seen like pictures recently that he's had bandages on his face. Yeah, it's all part yeah. of like this like ongoing story. story thing yeah, that he's doing. Um, and so some people complained because they thought some of what he did on the show was a little esoteric to where it was like too specific yeah. to like his album and only if you were a really hardcore fan would you know what he was talking about. I'm like, I feel yeah. like there was enough there that was just generally entertaining that you don't have to know all the backstory to appreciate yeah. it. Um, so I thought it was, you know, good. I and mean, there was violins. There was, you know, a big yeah. show lights and stuff. It was very spectacle laden. And I think that he, you know, rose to the challenge. And considering somebody put it out, he went from being homeless to headlining the Super Bowl in 10 years. Like he oh was like gosh. nobody, and then he was, yeah. you know, so it's just like yeah. it's really impressive. Yeah. Well, he's also become a lot more mainstream acceptable yes. because his early stuff was very drug based, yes, <laughs> like, very, very party based, and that I mean, like obviously he still has that image. I would never get over the fact that there's a kids' bar version of "I Can't Feel My Face." Like that <laughs> entire song is about cocaine. I don't know how you can even begin to make that appropriate. <laughs> as long as kids don't know why you can't feel your face. You got a bad sunburn at the yeah. beach. I can't <laughs> feel my, my face. face because I'm in the sun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That one is a hard one. But honestly, I think Kids Pop can handle something like that better than like 
Nicki Minaj, yeah. where it's just like she's just you know <laughs> she's saying words Still that you have kids to bleep out. <laughs> yes, waffle sand pancakes. <laughs> Like that one, honestly, I think it's harder when they have like more explicit stuff. Like if you have like more, if you have things that you mo- know more, if you've done cocaine, yeah. like that's when it's like, okay, maybe kids are going to know what this is about. Anyway. And then the last one I was going to talk about was um, in, I guess it was the year after 9-11 because 9-11 would have happened and then it was the Super Bowl after yeah. that. Uh, it was U2. Um and it was the most patriotic thing I've ever seen. I mean, okay, okay. Granted, the country was in a dark place, and they did. It was a. It was that time when every performance, every kind of public thing, had to be so pro-America. It was a and like weird they showed time. a list. They showed a list of all the people who died, and like I think that was fine. And they had the. He opened his jacket, and there was an American flag on the inside. Like, it was very. Bono intense yeah yeah well bono's irish so what (laughs) yeah (laughs) but um yeah i mean people loved that people ate that shit up at that time like really and and i mean i think that the i think it had some moments definitely but i mean it's just a little weird now to look back and see those performances where it was like intense patriotism was the the norm like the most like you were expected to do something with bald eagles oh, and, yeah. and big flying uh, flags because people were like our country has been well, listen to like the, like anything country music related that came out and like from yeah, like 2002 to 2004 or 5 i mean yeah. it was a weird time if you weren't around at that it was a weird time for music yeah. like that's that's basically when country music made the shift from to being from being like working class, you know, stories to being aggressively patriotic, a little bit racist, and um, like all of that. Other very pro military, very, very pro military, very Republican esque, very pro cop. Yeah, all of that stuff. That happened about 2002. And because I guess that there, I mean, uh, people people really felt like they had to make a public display of patriotism. Yeah, I remember when the Dixie Chicks came out against uh, the war on Iraq, Bush. and they got. I mean, blacklisted. They got just yeah. like wiped off the face of the map for several years after that. It was crazy. Yeah, uh, because they it felt like they by criticizing anything about the the president and the war in the United States, they were unpatriotic. Yeah. Which I honestly think they were very patriotic by by yeah. criticizing <laughs> something they didn't agree with. Anyway, I do personally feel very passionate about that too because I think that they didn't deserve the the kind of career. I mean, it was. Very, very gutsy. Mm-hmm. Oh, very, was, very gutsy was. to do now what they did. They had to know how how much they were going to take a hit by making they that certainly stance. Did. And now they're the chicks. Um, <laughs> I know. And I honestly actually really like a lot of their yeah. new stuff. I think, like, uh, they worked with Jack Enoff, and I think, like, they are making really relevant music now. And they didn't they didn't let it, like, destroy yeah. their lives, which I think is Goodbye, awesome. Goodbye, well, it's gonna be yeah. the platform. Any, any kind of like I've said, my favorite genre of country music is the one where the woman murders the man. It's just it, there, you can't beat those songs. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I used to know. I think I probably still do every. I know every word to before he oh, cheats, absolutely. which is so funny because I. Just it came out when I was 12 years old, and I sang that with my whole my chest. This pretty little souped up four wheel drive. Like, I mean, I sang that with my whole chest at 12 years old, like I had any idea what that was. Well, they played it all the time. They really did play it so often. So I just. Knew you it. Like, oh, 
probably buying her some fruity little drink because she can't shoot whiskey. Can't shoot I'm whiskey. like, oh yeah, that's embarrassing. Who can't shoot whiskey? Says me at 12 that. years old. Yeah, I was a ch- literal child. I don't know. I think it's one of those like songs too that like white people yeah, get turned exactly. to. So like, I had I'd heard it at a lot of different. Uh, occasion and then there's a two black cadillacs which is a much darker carry on to what song that few yeah. people know about but that one really that is yeah she has yeah, like good she, songs she does and, like a lot of her her and miranda lambert are like the queens yeah. of the song of like the revenge yeah. song right right exactly um is there anybody you would like to see at a halftime show in the future hmm. who do you think would slay it good question um hmm who do you think? Because, like, okay, there's people who I've been like, wow, that person would be great, but the logistics would be horrible. Like, Nicki Minaj, yeah. you know? But, like, you can you can do sicko mode, right? You can do a Travis Scott song. They they had sections that were bleeped, but a lot of that song is not necessarily super yeah. explicit. Um, you know, part of me was like, why has Drake never done this? But, like, a rap is always going to be hard yes. live because... When Kanye performed at something recently, I can't remember. He was on a big floating stage. There was a lot of fire. It could have been anywhere. Could have been anywhere but with Kanye. It's just, just it a Tuesday. It was very hard for them to control yeah. that because he was very unpredictable. And also a lot of his songs are explicit. Um, so, like, I have a lot of rappers I think would really kill it. Like mm-hmm. Migos, obviously. But, like, the content. They've got to pick somebody who is not going to be the major. Like, 80% mm-hmm. of their words can't be bleeped out. Um, I think of like maybe Ariana Grande or something like that. Apparently, like, like like, I, doesn't that seem like it would be a good yeah. fit? Um, I think they were probably waiting until I don't know. At this point, she's so big that I think it would be grand slam. But I think they also have to figure out who their demographic yeah. is, right? Because like they have to pick somebody who's appealing to young people, older people, football fans, non-football mm-hmm. fans, like. And these names that we've all, t- you know, we've talked about were usually people who are at least recognizable. Um, like, I mean, maybe, I honestly think that maybe Travis Scott was a little bit less relatable yeah. to a lot of, like, the older fans. Because, like, like, that's like my boss was like, I don't know who this is. And I was like, well, I know who this is because I'm a rap fan, but I'm also on yeah. the internet. And she just was not in that kind of Even people of who music. are in rap, not everyone is super familiar with Travis Scott's work. I mean, Sicko Mode was so big, but some people argue that it was big because of well, all of the old, other people yeah. that were on it. <laughs> yeah, his older stuff was a lit, like, I mean, I say underground, but it was a little bit more underground um, than, you know, like, the big name. Like, you know, he wasn't at the Beyonce status mm-hmm. at that time, which is why he supported Maroon 5. It's it's a little funny because I feel like, you know, he had, he has this clout, internet clout. But, yeah, I can see why it might be hard to, thread that needle because of like the different kinds of people who are you're you know you're trying to please with this thing like madonna made sense because she had other people with her so madonna would please the older fans she's also like really you know she's a great performer but like she had some younger people like omfao with her which was a little bit you also have to be be careful what you wish for because some for some people the super bowl sort of was like a death knell to their careers like like, uh just oh gosh i was just about to say when he did it okay so right he did it with nsync Mm -hmm. right he did it with janet and then he did it for the Man in the Woods album, which was his weird esoteric country album. <laughs> I don't even know if I should say esoteric. That album was Trash. so... 
and like i have such a weird relationship because like i don't really respect a lot of the stuff he's done but like i think some of his older stuff is oh, very yeah. catchy like i think he's a good singer and i i loved like me like suit the, and tie uh, all of that kind of area suit and tie and mm-hmm. mirrors like justified yeah, the whole album the weird the men was just a weird experiment that didn't pan out i don't think he was trying to be country he was trying to be rugged a lot of the lyrics were so basic and so filthy was one of the worst songs ever been written filthy oh my gosh i forgot about that the first time i heard that on the radio i was like what the hell is this i would never listen to this again if you pay me like this is garbage (laughs) and so it was weird because like that like i almost feel like he did that and he faded into obscurity like which is so funny because he is a huge, obviously still a huge, like he did trolls and all that. But well, actually, like, you get that was a bad, like <laughs> that was a bad halftime show. I did you not like from it. I did not enjoy it. Bringing Sexy back to singing on the Trolls album. I don't know that. I think your career has taken a few hits at that point. Yeah. Well, it's definitely changed. Um, but anyway, I mean, I I don't know. Like, I feel like uh, it is a hard needle to thread. I would say probably Ariana Grande. Um, I could see. I could see Panic at the Disco, maybe if they were a little bit more cohesive as a band. But I mean, uh, Maroon Five wasn't very yeah, cohesive either when they were pretty much all anybody yeah. knows is Adam Levine, and pretty much all anyone knows from Panic at the Disco is Brandon Urie at this point. So, yeah, I mean, I yeah, actually, like probably around the High Hopes era of Panic, that would have been the yeah. right time. I think that that star we'll is probably what happens. <laughs> I think a little bit, yeah. Um, I honestly, if if her career continues the way it is, I could see Billie Eilish doing it I someday. See it, but she's a little, she's she's very kind of like yeah. edgy right is she now. She high energy enough though. We'll see what happens. So much of her music is so slow and mumbly, so slow. and like I don't know how hype you can get to that. I mean, okay, Bad Guy is a pretty good song, uh, and it's it's more hype. Like Billie has some more upbeat songs, but a lot of people's complaint yeah. about her is that a they can't understand what she's saying, and a lot of her music is so like dry. I think older yeah. fans would be like older football yeah. fans Why would is be this like this is trash. Gen Z ruining the music Yeah. <laughs> I would love. I think eventually someday I would love to see Lizzo. Oh do yeah, it. and I think, I think she, she would be she very good. She's very high energy. But I honestly think that the way it's gonna go is it will start. It'll continue on the path that they started to take it with um, Shakira and J Lo and Bad Bunny, and it will it will tend more towards Hispanic audiences, which I think is just the way that things are gonna go because like so many like music shows and stuff like that, like the Grammys are starting to recognize. You're hearing more Spanish, uh, Spanish music more. Yeah. So, you know, somebody, I mean, uh, all uh, these artists who are on the radio now, like J Balvin and stuff like that, Rosalia, could do, absolutely do something like this, and there would be a lot of recognition now. You know, is it going to have the same impact, like, on older fans like Bruce Springsteen would? No. And they're going to bridge the gap but a little like, bit, too, because even somebody like J-Lo and Shakira, both of these are, are people who have cross-cultural appeal. They can sing in Spanish, but they yes, also had yes. enough English hits. But you, there's no way you're going to put, like, a J Balvin or a Bad Bunny up there doing 100% Spanish. And that's not gonna fly. No, <laughs> that's not gonna fly. They would probably, at this point, still be supporting. But I mean, and of course, J Lo is is you know she's been yeah. around for a long time. People know who she is. Like, so it is it is a hard one because I can see them wanting to like hit that clout appeal like that who's big right now, but then realizing like all of these people who have been supporting like whatever the Patriots for like fifty years are gonna be completely yeah. turned off. They're not gonna <laughs> care. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I mean, it, like we often lean hard. toward like legendary acts because you want, like I said, you want to somehow bridge the gap. You want to get multiple yeah. people from multiple generations to tune in. 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so you're going to want to get people that have some cross-cultural appeal. You want to get somebody who's like super, they did the yeah. Who one year, which you know I don't personally Me care neither. about the Who that much, but um, like you know that that's you know I guess, but still like if you did somebody like the Who right now, like no. you're not gonna. The the problem is I know that they want buzz, they want like moments that are yeah. gonna be tweeted. Everybody wants the left shark moment, the memeable moments. <laughs> yeah, the memeable moments, but um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I would personally love to see more rappers, but I, I, I mean, like well, think about like well, think we're talking about cross cultural appeal. I, I I was thinking about Cardi B. You know that song. I, oh, yeah, Cardi I think B. Cardi B can do pretty well. I mean, for when you talk about cross cultural appeal, like when during, especially during the I Like It era, when she did that song with, with yes. J Balvin, was it J Balvin? Bad Bunny, no, it was Bad Bunny yeah. because he sang part of that with Shakira. She sang a little well, bit of the of wasn't the there also J Balvin in that song though? I like it. Yeah, yeah, I think um, so. Because Shakira yeah, wasn't yeah, in yeah. that song. Yeah. No, but she they yeah. just played a little bit of it when oh, yeah. she was singing. Um, but um, that song had a lot of cross cultural appeal because super, of Cardi yes. B. Like, let's be, it would not have crossed over if it wasn't for Cardi B on the lead. Um, but like, but half that song yeah. was in Spanish. It would never have made number one if Cardi B wasn't on it rapping yeah. in English. But <laughs> yeah. but but that cross culture and yeah. the fact that Cardi B is herself Latina, so you know it it kind of crossed those barriers, and that that's I think where the direction that it's headed. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think, like, um, if you've got somebody from a world like the hip-hop world plus a Spanish artist, like, you're going to have a lot of people interested in it. Um, I could see her probably doing it at some point, too. But I think you're right. I think you've hit it with Ariana Grande. I think that eventually that'll be something that happens because she's just so, so major. I can't believe Justin Bieber didn't do it. Did he? You know, I could be wrong, though. I just can't believe it wouldn't have been. I don't think that Justin did do it. Mariah Carey Super Bowl. I'm just checking <laughs> because she was such a huge star. And a lot Mar- of people just treat Ariana like Mariah Carey 2.0, so I mean, right. it seems inevitable. Well, she recently came out uh, calling the NFL on their hypocrisy after the Super Bowl ad that the NFL made pledging to end I'm glad racism. she did. They need to be called on it. They hey. made me so mad. We pledged the billion dollars to help the black. Like, get out of here. Are you kidding me? Get out of my face with that garbage it wasn't like it was 50 years ago that you blackballed Kaepernick no. it was like two years ago like give me a break yeah well I'm glad hey look I'm, I'm glad that she's saying something that's cool um but yeah anyway yeah I think like um she's so legendary that's why I was thinking that she might have done something like that um Justin Bieber I I don't care to hear him on the, that stage anymore um I don't care to hear Justin Bieber in any capacity ever again, frankly. Justin Bieber has absolutely nailed quarantine hair. Like, literally, who cares? Like, shut up. I'm like, and I no, he hasn't. His hair just point, looks like no, it hasn't been cut in He looks months. like a trucker. I don't know what's happening. But I feel like Justin Bieber's being forced upon us at this point. Like, you know. Get out of my like, face. Get away from me. I don't care. This is a whole article on GQ about men at home famous men at home who just look scruffy because they haven't gotten their hair cut it's like matthew mcconaughey in his truck with like sunglasses and a bandana i'm like matthew mcconaughey always looks like hey i could do that nobody would be excited about it nobody would make any articles about me Matthew mcconaughey has always looked shaggy literally this is a picture of justin bieber in a beanie and pajama pants and it's in a gq article like come on and i'm pretty sure he again even with justin bieber like he was kind of dressing homeless like before Before. let me not say that but but, like he was dressing kind of raggedy even before the pandemic (laughs) i know 
Then nobody gets excited when I dress raggedy. No. <laughs> <laughs> or do you remember speaking of Justin Timberlake? That Justin Timberlake released like this fashion line or whatever. Yeah. Or like a special Levi's jacket that looked like, you know, just like a trucker jacket or something, like a beggar or something. It was like, uh, okay. <laughs> not to disparage people who have to beg for money on the streets, but I'm not sure that this is high fashion. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cool to be, to look like you've kind of like, you know, been living outside. Exactly. For a I while. hate that. Like, it's like the pre distressed jeans, like those, one of those like $500 Levi's jeans that have like holes and stains in them. Like, people rich people paying to look poor yeah Get out of here with that nonsense. and i know we sound like your grandma but i'm serious like a, a few rips fine but like i don't know like stains like and like the yeezy stuff like some of it was a little bit too ripped up for 500 dollars. yeah to me. a little bit too for just me. a little bit like i'm fine look make a beige sweatshirt do what you want but like at a certain point like um, how long are those holes gonna hold up before I accidentally put my fist through it in the washer? <laughs> like, I guess you don't wash easy, but like, you know what I mean. Maybe yeah, dry well, clean exactly. it. I mean, I, I will never understand or appreciate the idea of like rich people paying exorbitant amounts of money to, to look, look homeless. Yeah. Like, that's just so I it's think so offensive tacky. and it's so tacky. tacky. It's just like, come on. Yeah, like, you could d- donate that money to a homeless shelter, and instead you're gonna use it to pose like you're poor. Like, get out of here. Yeah, well, I guess that they're like, oh, this it's so basic. It's yeah. so, you know, <laughs> refreshing. Uh, <laughs> gross. <laughs> I don't like that at all. But anyway. We've gone on some major tangents here, but hello. <laughs> well, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, this has been our, our sports show. Sports. Sports. <laughs> sports. And I, I don't, I don't, neither of us are drinking tea, but this is our first show in our new studio, so we're kind of like testing the waters yeah, here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just have some water here yeah. to drink, but... Um, yeah, we we're we're currently using um a, a large stuffed tiger yes, as, as our, part of our sound as part sound of our dampener sound setup. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's well, she's cushioning all the sound waves, and yes. we appreciate that. We really do appreciate it. She's Thank you, Nala. Uh, she's our special guest. Yes. Well, uh, hopefully in the coming weeks we'll have a more uh, professional setup going on. But we're in the process of moving locations, so uh, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll look forward to Super Bowls in the future. Um, hopefully, like, you know. We look forward to any kind of event where we can be around other human beings in the future. <laughs> I know. You watch these old shows, and it's like the amount of people sitting close to each other. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, man. I was watching our choir video from, like, the, the Come Together concert or whatever yeah. last year, which is, I think, almost officially a year ago. And I'm just like, oh, why would oh, we all so close? I miss it. It was 150 of us on the same too. stage. No masks. No masks. <laughs> we can stand next to each other and sing openly. <laughs> our spit flying our into the spit wind. flying in the wind. <laughs> oh, man. I do miss that. I do miss singing without a mask. Yes. I will say oh, it. Gosh. I'm going to say it. It's rough. Anyway. Well, have a great week, everybody. Thank you. Goodbye. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.